This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. It's SETN Preps, Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, back hanging out, getting you ready for a, uh, a big Friday night of prep football across Southeast Tennessee, going out, going to a game this weekend. Check us out on Twitter at SETN Preps. Shoot us a picture, shoot us a score. Tag us in the score, whatever you got to do on Twitter. Uh, and while you're there, make sure that you look for other scores uh, by following at SETN Preps on Twitter. We have every score, every game in the area, every Friday night, and we got a bunch of updates throughout the night. So at SETN Preps is how you stay updated. All right, Chandler, you ready to get going this week? I am. I am. What a wild week it's going to be because so many teams on bye weeks this week. Mm. I mean, golly. I mean, I think that's the – if we have a news and notes for this this week, it's that we have – I think I counted 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 teams on uh, bye week this week. And that made for a great podcast, me just counting teams off there, by the way. That was wonderful. Um, I'm, I hope everybody I'm was impressed. entertained. You can count that high, actually. <laughs> No one will be seated during the naming team section yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> well, I do have a, I do have a couple of news and notes things that I wanted to oh, uh, to okay. throw out there this week. How about this? Uh, our list of undefeated teams in the area. Mm. Bradley Central. By the way, there are yep. thirty six unbeaten teams right now in the state of Tennessee. Wow. Bradley Central. Wow. Silverdale. Macaulay. Meigs County. Marion County and Tyner. So, out of our undefeated teams, out of the six undefeated teams in our area, three of them are all in the same region. Mm. Megs, Marion, and Tyner. I told you back in the summer that two A was going to be a was going to yeah. be a bear. Um, best offenses. Megs County is averaging forty seven points per game. That is the mm-hmm. highest of any team in our area. East Hamilton by the way, comes in just a point away. They are at 46 points per game. Best defenses, Meigs County allowing just three points a game. Marion County allowing just six points a game. Wow, that's underrated, too, because, you know, you, you think about Marion County, you haven't thought of them about having a lot of success, you know, but you turned around and, golly, that's a – that's a stat right there that they're that they're second in the in in our area for defense. That's crazy. Yeah, and you look, you give up just you know basically six points a game, so basically they're just giving up one score a game or less. I think uh, what the Sequatchie County score was zero, Grundy County was zero. I mean they didn't give up any points in like the first two games they played. Yeah. I believe, Chris. Yeah, this so. this defense at Marion County is really good. So that's kind of what sets us up for the first game we're going to talk about today. It's Marion County and Tyner. This is as big as it gets, uh, in my opinion. I think this is this is the game of the week. I think it's everybody's game of the week. Um, it's it's one I'd like to see, but they won't allow a television broadcast in Marion County, so I don't get a chance to see it. I'm going to be in North Georgia, so like everybody else, I'm just going to follow along on at SETN Preps. And um, keep up with the score. So this series started back up again in 2015. Mm-hmm. 
And since that time, they've basically split the meetings since they got back together. This has been a pretty good series over the last six, seven years. Big question here for me is, can Tyner stop Marion County's run game? We've talked about this all year. Marion County's not going to throw it much. Can Tyner force them to? Can you force them to throw? That's the matchup in this game. It's going to be Tyner's defense against Marion County's offense. Marion County's offensive line is huge. What's it going to be like in the fourth quarter after they've pounded and pounded and pounded on Tyner for, you know, 35 minutes through this game, 40 minutes through this game? What's it going to be like for the final – what are the final few minutes of this game going to be like for Tyner? Do they have enough bodies to stay fresh on defense? The scary part about this game, Chandler, and this this will go to tell you how big this game is. For the loser, you're probably going on the road for round one of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. is this is two really good football teams, and unfortunately, the loser is probably going to finish third in the region, and. Both of these teams have played really well. You rattled off, you know, kind of what Marion County has done this year. But this is the biggest challenge they face this year, and this is the biggest challenge that uh, that Tyner has faced this year. This is going to be, again, you talk about a game where you start to separate the haves from the have-nots, the pretenders from the contenders, this is one of those kind of games. We're going to know. Whoever wins this game is, in my opinion, a contender for the state championship in 2A. I believe so too, Chris. And, and here's the even bigger kicker on this game. The loser of this game is going to have to travel to Watertown or Trousdale, and probably I would say if they're a three seed, that'd be Watertown. Just quickly looking at the region standings across the state because I'm weird like that. Um but here's the thing. I think that's really crucial because, you know, we talk about how good this region is. Overall, I think this is one of the best regions in the state. You know, you turn around, you look at the next best region, it's probably the one one region over with the top two dogs there in Trousdale and Watertown, and they consistently are one and two in that region and consistently, you know, make it to the semifinals kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's kind of different this year too, Chris, because we're used to having kind of two chances at getting a, a – a, a Chattanooga area team in because Meigs County was out in the east and you could always kind of count on either Meigs County or somebody from that 3-2-A region kind of making a run and now it's just everybody's in that one region so in a sense it's good that they're getting great competition in a sense it's also like eventually somebody's gonna have to knock out somebody and, and leave somebody out and that's you know inevitably it happens in 2-A um, you know so for me I, I think this game is really really crucial because of that reason alone that you're going to be on the road at Watertown at Trousdale. And by the way, Chris, if you win this game, you're going to be hosting. Uh, there's no chance you're going to be hosting. I think it's actually impossible at this point. There's no chance you're going to be hosting a team with a winning record, potentially. That's huge. So, yeah, That's so, huge. yeah, I think there's a little bit of a chance there. But but seeing this team that I'm looking at and seeing at the score is probably not. And I'm not going to mention the team because I don't want to you know, get fired from across the state or something like that. We'll have, we'll be that weird podcast that someone will hear just at this one school, Chris, and all of a sudden 
we're hated and all this other stuff anyways. But <laughs> that that's just our luck. We're we're a very unlucky people. It's mostly you right that's hated, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll stick with that. We'll stick with that. But yeah, I think that's the biggest part of this matchup, and that's kind of what I was going to go into detail about. Was hey, you're probably going to be on the road at Water. It's between on the road at Watertown or hosting someone from that region that's probably not going to make a splash. So, do you want to host Watertown early, or 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 what? Host Watertown Trousdale early. Or later on, maybe in that quarterfinal matchup, if you're, you know, second seed, whatever. So that that's the big thing there for uh, for the winner of this matchup. And it's just going to be a. I think this is going to be a knockdown dragout kind of matchup. Oh, this kind of feels like that. Yeah. I don't think. What, what's the over under for this matchup? Because I mean, I know um, both these teams have been scoring big, but there's no way, no way, this over under is over thirty. Yeah, I was going to say, is it thirty? I, I wouldn't even – I would almost – I mean, I'm tempted to put it at 25. Um, and apparently, Chris, I found out today there are spreads on Georgia high school football games because a coaching buddy of mine in Georgia texted me and was asking about Friday Night Rivals. And I said, that sounds like a good game between uh, Lafayette and Ringgold. He said, yeah, it's a so-and-so spread, like a 25-point spread. I was like, they got spreads at Georgia high school football. What is going on with the world? See, I did that when I was at TSS in the Valley, and I was called a rule breaker. I was called a bad person. But you do it for Georgia high school football, they're like, this is great. So well, I'm always ahead of thing, my time. Hey, the funny thing is sports betting is legal in the state of Tennessee. It's illegal still in the state of Georgia. So, but but here's the question though: Is it legal for all sports? I, I would imagine it's not it's it's not legal to bet on high school sports. I don't though. know what's the difference. I mean, amateur sports is amateur sports. If you're betting on college football, well, what's the college difference? is not necessarily amateur anymore. I mean, they're technically well, I amateur, mean, but it's the same thing. Yeah, they've been doing that for years, though. They've been doing that for decades, you well, know. So I don't know. Uh, shoot, we're, I may open me up a little betting window somewhere. <laughs> Chandler, I mean, that's that's the way – look, it's eventually in a couple of years, whether anybody likes it or not, I am not a gambler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not me. Um, one, I'm mm-hmm. way too cheap. So – and I just – so I, I can't bring myself to do that. But eventually, you will be able to go to a Titans game, and you will walk up to a window, and just mm-hmm. like going to the horse races, mm-hmm. you can walk up to the window and place your bet at an NFL mm-hmm. game when you go inside the Titans Stadium. Didn't the Raiders experiment with that or something like that possibly? You know, in Vegas? In Las Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. experiment with that. Oh, I mean, it's – it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's – the NFL is well, – they are 100% into the sports yeah. gambling thing, which is something I never yeah. thought as paranoid as yeah. the NFL has been and yeah. uh, about gambling and the influence <laughs> of gamblers. But, buddy, they are, I mean, they are all about DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, you could just go online. Like, I, I mean – I have a little bit. I, I'm like you. I'm too cheap to actually put some money down and put some skin in the game. You know, they always have those commercials, put some skin in the game. I'm like, well, you know, what about a fingernail? Does that, does that count as the skin? I'll put in a little bit and then just do these wild bets. I'll put in like, you know, a dollar or two. And, and I know this parlay's never going to hit, but I'll just hit a parlay. And it'll, you know, I hit one one time. I got like $150 off like a $2 bet one time. That was insanely lucky. I never did it again, though, because I, I knew my luck was already spent on that one. But I know we've got some high school football to talk about, and I'm sure the people that tune in this podcast were not expected to hear us talk about sports betting. <laughs> Silverdale and Knox Webb. Both of them are 3-0 and in region play. Mm-hmm. This is for first place, and the, the likely possibility that the winner of this game is region champion, okay? CAK could still have something to say about it. 
Um, They aren't out of the mix yet, and they'll face Silverdale in the final game of the season. Webb, though, I think is the best team that Silverdale has faced. Mm -hmm. Webb lost to Carter um, to open the season. Uh, since that time, they've they've pretty much been on a roll. The formula that Silverdale has used so far has worked. So why stray from it? You know why stray away from that? You got Rogers, uh, Delashment. Use those guys and go. They're having a magical season at Silverdale. I'd hate to see it have a blemish because I think they're good enough to be able to run the table and go ten and zero. But this is the biggest test they face this year. Yeah, you start to do a little bit of score watching, Chris, and you know you kind of look at that Silverdale CCS score, and then the CCS CAK score, and the CAK Knox Webb score, and you kind of look around and you're like, man, like this could be a you know this could either be a blowout or this could be a really really good game to watch, and I think that could be said about a lot of games we're doing this week because we do have a lot of teams on buys this week. I think that's important to note, you know. Uh, I think Tyner Marion County would be one of the games of the week anyway, if not the game of the week, if we had all these teams playing. But uh, it definitely is because there's 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 a couple of teams that are not playing this week. For me, the Silverdale Knox Webb game, I think you have to just stick to what you've done. I think coaches get it in games like this where okay, the region championships on the line, this and that, and, and they kind of try to outwit themselves. Like, not even the other team, just out with themselves. Like, let's do something. Let's let's do something really, really smart and really, really good. And it comes back to bottom sometimes because the best philosophy in coaching, I think, Chris, is to do what you've done best. That's that's what I'm right? saying. That's exactly I, what I'm saying yeah. with Rogers, Brett Rogers, mm-hmm. Connor DeLashman, ride mm-hmm. those horses. They got yeah. you here. Keep going. That's one thing when you're talking about a college team, but when you're talking about a high school team, it is hard to get plays into the high school team. It is hard to get them out on the field. It's even harder to get them to implement those plays in practice and be able to run them and then be able to remember them on Friday night and all these other things going on. Then you've got a factor. You line up in the position you've lined up in, and all of a sudden they come out in a four-man front instead of a five-man front or a three-man front, and all of a sudden you don't know what to do. You know, And, and you think about lining up, Chris. People don't understand that they've never played high school football. There's a lot of people that watch high school football that have never played high school football. They don't understand the kind of heart attack you get as a lineman when you pull, come up to the line and you're lined up in your your formation and you see a different man front. Like your man is not directly on you. He's to the side of you and there's another man in the gap beside you and you have no idea what to do. And, and that's why it's so – you have to prepare for those kind of things. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been – you know, in practice, Chris, and had to prepare for those kind of things, those kind of situations. We were prepared for three fronts on this team because we never knew what they were coming out in. And I think it's really, really crucial to be able to come out and just do what you've done. Even even if you play the six plays that your offense knows best and play those plays, keep it simple, right? What's the what's the office thing? Uh, keep, uh, it kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Right. You know, uh I guess that puts us on the explicit podcast now. I guess that's as close as I get to cousin on, on the podcast, even though Chris broke our streak like two or three weeks ago on a North Jackson story. But uh, still holding that against you. But Silverdale Knoxville, I think it's going to be a great game. And honestly, you know, being on the road, I, I think this is going to be the first real true test for Silverdale because we thought some other games were going to be real tests. And Chris, to be honest with you, they haven't really ended up being all that much of a test, you know, right. outside of that rivalry game that was Boy Buchanan. So. 
Red Bank and East Ridge this week. East Ridge comes in at one and five. Finally got a win over Sequoia last week. Red Bank's two and three with wins over one and five Saudi and three and four Hickson. Now, let's be honest. There's no surprises going on here. Red Bank's a more talented team. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on Red Bank to play like it. Red Bank right now, they're sitting third in this region. And Chandler, with every game we talk about today, I think uh, I've got some note about how that matchup affects the regions because we're getting – look, this season's getting late now. This yeah. is where it's time – if you're going to make a move – Now's the time when you got to do it. But Red Bank right now sitting third in that region. All right, in front of them is East Hamilton, who they've still got to play, and Chattanooga Central. Well, Chattanooga Central has got Sequoia and East Ridge left. In my opinion, that is two more wins for Chattanooga Central in the region. Mm-hmm. Red Bank, they've still got a game left with East Hamilton, which is not going to, to be a gimme. Absolutely not, no. The Lions have got three region games left. I really think if you're Red Bank, these next these three region games have got to be must-wins. They're must-wins, force a three-way tie, because uh, you, could, you could theoretically, I guess, force a three-way tie with Red Bank, East Hamilton, and Central, but Red Bank has got to win every game the rest of the way in order to be able to do that. So, to you know, Friday night for Red Bank, I think it's a big game. I think it's a real big game. Yeah, and, and this Chris, that, that you're so right with how big of a game this is, and it just makes that game, that upset with Chattanooga Central and Red Bank, so much more of – I mean – we think back to that. We said at the time, this is going to impact the region really big, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, because it still felt early in the season at that point. We're going into week eight, Chris, and I think everybody's looking at that and being like, oh, crap, that really did determine how this region went. Mm-hmm. And we're turning around, and we're like, man, that game was the game of this region because it determined who got that home playoff spot. And shockingly enough, it was Chattanooga Central, and I think that shocked a lot of people and said, hey, we're here for business. And by the way, that game with East Hamilton that Chattanooga Central played was kind of close. I mean, till late in that game, it was pretty close. I mean, they just could not finish off and finish that comeback, Chris. But that was a pretty close game, too. So, I mean, Chattanooga Central's not – like, we're not looking at East Hamilton like we did Anderson County last year. East Hamilton's still there and, and right for the picking for anybody well, in that region. Here's, here's what I'll say about, here's what I'll say about yeah. East Hamilton right now. They are 5-1 and one with a one-point yeah. loss to a 5A school. Mm-hmm. Yep. So at the end of the yeah. day, you know, Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record says you are. Well, yeah. that's who East Hamilton is right now. Yeah. And I'm, not, and I'm saying they are definitely the best team in here, but this is not a gap substantial to maybe what we saw from having Anderson County where everybody lost by like 30 last year. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, at least Chattanooga Central kind of split that gap a little bit. And I don't know what Red Bank will be able to do because they're kind of, from what we can see, on par with what Chattanooga Central is doing. I don't think they'll pull off an upset in that game. But, but Chris, here, here's the thing, too. East Ridge is in a spot, too. I, I say this because here's the thing. East Ridge, Hickson, Saudi Daisy, all with one and two records right now. Saudi Daisy, uh, you know, they, they all have two or three games to play or three games to play left in this region schedule, Chris. 
you know, East Ridge has got to pull out a, a good win to, to be able to get that spot. And it's going to be a race for who gets that fourth spot. And it's, I don't think it's going to be, you know, it, that's, that's the most important part of this game, I think, is Red Bank, they've kind of solidified where they are. I think they're in an uphill battle against East Hamilton. But East Ridge, they have a chance to maybe separate themselves from the pack, right? Because Hicks and Asai Daisy have both lost to Red Bank, right? And I think that's the big thing. I don't know that, I don't think this is going to be an upset by any means. But if it, but if East Ridge can come in and somehow pull off something like that, you know, they're, they've kind of cemented their spot as that team in, in the playoffs, even if it is a home playoff game for them. Well, Saudi Daisy, and let's let's move on. Our next game, by the way, is one in five Saudi Daisy going up against five and one East Hamilton. The Hurricanes unbeaten in region. Saudi's one and two right now in region play. They've still got Hickson. They've still got East Ridge left. Those are two winnable games to end this season. So there's still a chance for Saudi to fight for that last playoff spot, even if they lose on Friday night to East Hamilton. But if you lose Friday night, if you're Saudi, these next two games, they become super important. You know, they become must wins, I feel like, uh, for Saudi if, if you want to get in the playoffs. Now, if you're East Hamilton, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. I mean, East Hamilton averaging 46 points a game. Uh, I think clearly they're the better team. I think they've shown to be the better team in that region. You just got to keep you just got to keep doing it um, because everybody in that region right now is is gunning for them. I mean, you got a if you're East Hamilton, you got a target on your back right now. Yeah, the thing for East Hamilton, and I think they're the best team in this region. I, I don't think anyone can can come at them really at this point. Um, but there's always that potential of late in that season. You get that game, you maybe it goes a little tighter into the fourth quarter than you were expecting. And I think East Hamilton weathered the storm because that Benjamin County game, I know it's a 5A team, Chris, but we saw that Walker Valley team last year come and beat East Hamilton, and it basically wrecked their season a little bit um, to the extent where it kind of snowballed a little bit into the end of that season. And, you know, I'm still waiting for that to happen with East Hamilton. I don't think it will because it didn't with McMinn County. I don't think you're going to see an upset here in this game, but it is very, very crucial for East Hamilton to to stay alert in these last few games, especially that Red Bank game coming up here in, you know, here in a week or two. Because here's the thing, Chris, if East Hamilton were to drop that Red Bank game, all of a sudden you've got like a three-way triangle tie, as I call it, in that region because they've all got one loss and they're all to each other in a circle, you know, in a triangle. So you really have to stay alert for East Hamilton because you can't afford to lose a game because you're not two, you're not you're not two wins above everybody no matter what. You know what I mean? Especially if you lose to a Red Bank here in a week or two. And I think that's the most important part. And like I said, this kind of you know the Red Bank and East Ridge and then the side A's East Hamilton are kind of similar in the fact that whoever you know if those those teams that are kind of toward the bottom of that region right now, side A's and East Ridge, they are fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and and sometimes that can bring out the best in a team and the unexpected in a team. Um, I think we've seen that several times in our area where a team comes out, they beat a team they weren't expected to beat, and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs, you know. Um, or some change, changes come and COVID comes, and all of a sudden you've got a loss to that team and you weren't expecting to have a loss to that team, or they had the win or something of that nature. So I, I think that's a crucial thing to look at. I, I don't think East Hamilton will have – 
problems with Tyler Daisy, but they cannot let their guard down at all in this region because it's actually, you know, you see a lot of bloods in this region, Chris. It's a lot closer than people think it is. Well, you've got, uh, to your point now, you've still got Eastridge, Soddy, and Hickson all fighting to try to get that fourth playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So. And, and I I mean, I could see either any of those three, I could see them stepping up and getting that because, you know, Hickson and Soddy Daisy have – Hickson, I think, is, is has the most momentum, Chris. And it's going to come down to that Soddy Daisy matchup they've got on October 22nd. I think this could go any way with this, depending on who steps up on one night. Because we saw Hickson, they've kind of come out from the shadows. Hickson is a three-win team right now, Chris. I don't think anybody really expected that coming into the season. They are a three-win team coming in. And, you know, they're, they got one region win. But, golly, Chris, if they're not starting to chomp at the bit and maybe pull off a playoff spot in this one. Let's move on. Our final game we're going to talk about, Bradley Central and Udawa. Udawa won their first game last week after playing what was a really ridiculous schedule to begin the year. Walker Valley uh, is four and three. Outside of Walker Valley, the other teams that Udawa have played have a combined three losses. Mm-hmm. So, of the uh, while Udawa is off to a, a rough start. They have played a ridiculously tough schedule, and the teams mm-hmm. they have played, you know, you figure um, they are, what, one in five? And mm-hmm. one team that they lost to was Walker Valley. The other four teams they've lost to have lost a combined three games. Two of those losses, by the way, are Baylor's losses. So mm-hmm. gives you an idea of just how tough of a schedule that – Udawa has played, and it's going to be tough for him going up against Bradley this week. Bradley's outscored people 185 to 74. Last two weeks of the season now, as we start to look ahead a little bit, last two weeks of the season, Bradley has 5A, Ray County, and then Maryville to close out the season. Mm. Bradley is 6-0. I'm not 100% sure how good they are at this point. Um, I think the best win they have is over Cleveland, who's 5-2 and two right now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to learn a lot about Bradley Central uh, here over the next uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think defensively is they're going to give Udawa some problems. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think Bradley Central's defense is, is really good. Um, I think this game is at Udawa, so they may have a uh, – maybe there's a little edge there for the Owls playing this game at home. Yeah, and that and that Walker Valley on the schedule, Chris. I mean that 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 is not as as much of a quality win for Bradley Central or a quality loss for you know Udawa as it was at the beginning of the season. You know, you're talking about a team that went toe to toe with Bradley Central until Bradley Central decided it wanted to play football. But you're talking the last three weeks for Walker Valley. They had a three overtime game against a three A school that they had to go to. I mean, three overtimes with the school. Uh, a 38-0 loss to Cleveland and a 30-7 loss to Ray County, who is in their region, and they should have been buying for that region title, but Ray County is Ray County. So, you know, it's kind of looking a little bit less than you would expect it at this point for, for Bradley Central on that win alone. But let's talk about the, let's talk about Bradley Central. I'm with you, Chris. I think I think Bradley Central, because of the region they play, because of the schedule they play, 
you know, there's still a pretty tough schedule. I mean, you got Cleveland in there, you got McMinn County in there before we really knew who McMinn County was. You know, you you've got Ray County, you know, Maryville. You know, the wins so far have been pretty impressive in, in the teams they've beaten. To me, Chris, I look at this and I go, man, Bradley Central looks really, really good. But that gummit, why do they have to be in the region with Maryville? Because it just seems like, especially playing them at the end of the season, they almost always play them at the end of the season since they've kind of done this realignment thing a few years ago. And it seems like every time they play Maryville at the end of the season last week, right before the playoffs, and all that momentum just comes to a screeching hawk. So much so that, you know, you go back the past few years, how many times has Bradley Central got past the second round in the past few years? I mean, I, that you know, I, I can remember a couple of years ago they were playing, you know, I'm counting two in the last three years. Um, you know, I remember a few years ago they played, was it Riverdale or Blackman or somebody at Finley and, and lost, and they were expected to go, yeah, it was Riverdale, and they were expected to go on and, and make a good run, Chris. And, uh, you know, here in the past two or three years, it just seems like that momentum has come to a screeching halt. And I think it has more to do with Maryville than the competition they actually faced in the playoffs because a bunch of teams have Maryville hangovers, just like they have Alcoa hangovers yep. as well. I mean, it is a real thing. I mean, people talk about the Alabama hangover. I mean, there are teams that stay hungover all year after they play Alabama, to be honest with you. Uh, imagine that on a high school scale in, in Maryville and Alcoa. It does a number on you. And I think that this is going to be where Bradley Central kind of has to say, are, are we finally going to stand up to Maryville? Because I don't think this is the best team they've had in the past few years, Chris, although I think it is a very, very talented team. Uh, it, it just And, of course, we always hear from across the state. I'm sure you talked to, to Murphy Fair before the season and Donovan before the season that, you know, Maryville is, is as good as they are, as good as they have been. You know, they haven't fallen off. And I think it was, what, two or three years ago they said, if you're going to beat Maryville, beat them this year because they're not going away anytime soon. This is going to be their down year. And I think they went to the semifinals of the championship that year. So let's get to our uh, rankings for the week. You ready with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll let you go first this time. All right. I will do that. I'll go with my small school rankings first. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, South Pittsburgh, after a loss last week to uh, Dade County down in Georgia. I got Signal Mountain, number four. Tyner, number three. Marion, number two. And Megs, number one. So I got Megs, Marion, Tyner, Signal Mountain, and South Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a, kind of the same teams, I believe. And I've got them in a different order. Right now, I've got you know, number five, I've got Signal Mountain. Uh, number four, I've got Tyner. Number three, I've got Marion County. Number two, I've got South Pittsburgh. Number one, Max County. You know, Chris, I, I'm not as, you know, I could talk about how historic that loss was to Dade County for South Pittsburgh. It doesn't tear me apart. Um, Dade is having a, is a, not a not a great year. They're having a good year this year. They're having a better year than they're No, but look, by their standards, you know, they're having a great year. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, and I'm not going to sit here and say that they're having, you know, this monstrous year, but they're having a great year, Chris. So, I think, you know, you go on the road. South Pittsburgh's a little lackadaisical. You know, they played North Jackson. They're like, okay, if we can beat North Jackson, we can beat Dade County, you know. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you lose that game. I think to me – you know, I think that just shows that South Pittsburgh was not prepared. And and honestly, Chris, when you go to play someone in another state, it can get really 
dicey real quick because, yeah, you have film, but, yeah, you may not have any reference for how fast that kid is or how big that kid is on film or how how close that defense comes in because you have no reference of, okay, we had a team that played this team. Okay, we can kind of see how they did against them. You know, North Jackson's not playing anybody in Tennessee. Dade County's not playing anybody in Tennessee. So that is harder than most people realize it is on film. So I, I had to push myself to do this. I really think South Pittsburgh is still number two. I just hope they don't prove me wrong at this point. I, you know, they're on the edge of moving down below maybe Marion County and Tyner right now, depending on what happens. Um, and I've read that wrong, Chris. Sorry, I read my rankings wrong. Uh, I had Tyner at three, Marion County at four. So wow. I just wanted to clear that up. So I think Tyner is the better team. I think they're better than Marion County. And, you know, golly, that game is going to be so good. And, you know, I don't know how that game's going to end up, Chris, but golly, will that be a great freaking game to watch. Yeah, will be. Should be a really good game. Should be a really good game. You ready to get to our uh, big schools now? Yeah, you go ahead, Chris. All right, we'll start. uh, Number five, I've got East Hamilton. Number four, I have Cleveland. Number three is Bradley Central. Number two is Silverdale. And number one is Macaulay. I've got I've got a kind of similar to what you have, just not a lot. Um, I've got Cleveland at number five. I've got Silverdale at number four. Uh, Bradley Central at three. Baylor at two. Macaulay at one. I, I still think Baylor is is as good as any team in our area. I mean, I mean, really, they've kind of pushed. I mean, they pushed Macaulay to the brink a little bit there late. I mean, they kind of come back and made an impressive run there. I know it's a loss, a loss, a loss, a loss, Chris. But it, it's hard for me to pull Baylor down for the simple reason that I think Baylor goes and they play somebody in our area, they're going to be, you know, nine times out of ten, they're going to beat you. I mean, we look at the gap, you know, Baylor, and the thing about Baylor is, you know, you talk about them, you know, they played Udawah, you know, 51 nothing, And, you know, they play, you know, when they play public schools, they tend to just hammer down. I mean, I, don't, I think they play Bradley Central. I think it's a closer game, Chris, but I still think they beat them. And that's kind of what I go off of. And, and honestly, I think Baylor, you know, you kind of talk about who has the potential to go farthest in the playoffs. I think Baylor has a pretty good potential to go far in the playoffs. And wouldn't it be great if Baylor and McCauley end up on opposite sides of the bracket and they end up playing each other in Chattanooga for an all, you know, all championship final? I mean, we, we keep saying that year after year after year, like we want to see that. And I don't know that it's possible this year, Chris. I don't think Baylor is quite what we thought they were. Um but, you know, I still think Baylor is pretty dang good. I mean, anytime – I know it's a rivalry game, Chris. Anytime you go toe-to-toe with Macaulay, to me, that that impresses me. Um, that's why I'm impressed with NBA. That's why I'm impressed with Baylor because you go toe-to-toe with Macaulay. So. All right. Well, that is a look at our rankings for this week, and that's going to do it for us here on SETN Preps. Don't forget. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter if you don't already at SETN Preps. If you're heading out to a game on Friday night, or maybe you're just uh, look, maybe you're maybe you're having to go grocery shopping, or uh, maybe you're out, uh, maybe you're going to see the new uh, 007 movie. Take your phone along. Follow us on Twitter at SETN Preps. We'll keep you updated on the games that are going on Friday night. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you back here again next episode. Coming up on Monday, enjoy your weekend.